So welcome to episode three of this Action RC podcast series, reflecting on 80s and 90s RC racing in Australia. Uh, we're exploring the history of the sport, favourite races, favourite tracks, favourite cars, funny stories, all of those things. For this episode, we head north to the Sunshine State, and the name Perry was synonymous with off-road RC right through the 90s, particularly in Queensland, but also nationally. Our brothers Darren and Steve ran at the front of the field wherever they went, racking up innumerable wins between them. And whether it would be Darren's frustratingly innate uh, in-air car control and unflappable mental strength, or Steve's just persistence and never give up, never say die attitude, they're both fierce competitors and a formidable team. And they've never gone away either, winning races, continuing to be strong contenders right through until the modern day now in the eighth off-road category. Steve Perry, Darren Perry, thanks for joining me. Hello. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yep. Thank you. So, uh, Steve, let me let me start with you. Um, cast your mind back to I think we've got to go right back to the eighties, right? For for when you guys kind of became aware of RC cars and started to yep. kind of figure out what it is. What's the backstory? How did you get involved? What sort of cars? You know, was it right from those early days? Well, we started. Uh, it would have been very late eighties, maybe eighty. Yeah, because yeah, our first Nats was '93, yeah, um, and we were doing it for maybe at least four or five years before that, before we ventured to our first Nats. So it would have been around more well, late '80s anyway. And we used to just hop down to the Ekebin track, yeah, Ekebin okay. Mountains, yep. And um, it was a pretty simple track, and uh, we saw these cars going around. And I think Darren actually bought a the Tamiya Striker was the first. Oh um, yes, that's a serious race car. <laughs> <Very serious. laughs> uh, I think we snapped a couple in half. <laughs> and I can remember distinctly there was a one of them had a they had the plastic chassis and until we just uh, bolted a lump of steel across the bottom of it to put it together. <laughs> Uh, it, it kind of did the job. The centre of gravity was very low, but um, anyway. So we used to go down to was uh, with the school because we used to just uh, muck about in the backyard, really, and set up jumps and whatnot at the time. And um, so we'd go down to Eckerton, and we'd we'd take them down there and just sort of run through the week, you know, because it was just yeah. a track set up. Um, yeah. Just in the local down, park. Yeah. Yeah, in the creek there. So. We'd take them down, have a run anyway. So we turned up to a club day there. And I always remember, um, I mean, we were there, and it was laughable, really. Um, uh, and there was a fellow running around at the time, Gary Kite. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think, unfortunately, I think he's passed now. But um, he had a Lothi, uh, the Jarrett too. Now, we'd never seen anything like this, um, or probably maybe read read about this Lucy thing. And I just remember it looked so good. Yeah. And we were running around. The, the Tamiya's had just springs, you know. Um, they, they'd bounce off the track, <laughs> literally bounce off the track. And the Lucy, Gary used to just clean up everything with the Lucy, and I just remember thinking, that is the best thing I've ever seen. You know, it's like a 
we've got to look into this further. <laughs> and the first cars we had were the first proper cars after the for me after the strikers were pretty much broken in every possible way. Um, <laughs> we went to ABC Models. These are um, Holland yep. Park, I think it was. Yeah. And the, they were Kyoto dealers. And, of course, we'd read about, I'd always wanted a Losi, but they had Kyoto's there at the right price. So I went for the, Darren went for the Ultima, and I had I went for the Ultima Pro mainly Ooh. because they had the gold shocks. And I thought anything with gold would be better. So and the that's kind of kind brotherly, of this brotherly <laughs> one-upmanship started pretty early on then. You know, Darren picks up yeah. the Ultima, you go straight for the Pro. Oh, yeah. well, I had to go a bit better. Um, <laughs> I thought anything that's got gold in it, gold, you know, on the shocks, the, the, I don't think the shocks are any special, but just the outside of them were gold, and I thought, yeah. look, that's talking to me right there and then. No, those so, Kyosho gold um, shocks were a great shock absorber in their time. No yeah, doubt about that. Yeah. Well, I think the Darren's, I think his ultimate, yeah, the ultimate, I think it had, was it Darren, did that have some sort of adjustable... Uh, yeah, it was the Turbo Ultima, and it had the Kyosho yeah. Platinum shocks. They're adjustable. That's but I didn't really know what I was doing with them at no. the time. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So how, where what were you guys up to before that? Like you know, what's your kind of background in terms of other sports and hobbies? Am I right in understanding you've done some motocross and you know, obviously some bike racing and things like that? Was that before yeah. you came to IC Cars or or later? Uh, on? Yeah, yeah. No, I was. I started off with motocross. Um, Junior motocross uh, from probably about the age of oh eleven, I think I started eleven, went through to two fifties, which was probably about nineteen twenty at the time. Yeah. So that was, and then uh, yeah, that was way before RC, um, and yeah, sometime after that is when we got into when I got into RC. Yeah. We might come back to that and see whether you brought anything with you. So, Darren, you've, you've popped along to ABC. You've picked up some proper race cars. You're mm. hanging out at Eckerbin. Where does it yeah. where does it go from there for you guys? So, it's Queensland. It's the late 80s. There's a bunch of tracks all over the place. There's a big inter-club sort of scene. Did you get straight into yeah. that level of competition? We um, learned of uh, the Arana Hills track out behind the police youth club there. Joe yeah. Bellum used to run it. And we started going out there and... It used to cost you $2 to race, $2 for race fees. And you'd start at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You'd be finished by 4. You'd get about <laughs> four races in and a final, and it was great. There was Stephen and I and um, another two fellas, Shane Strachan and Al Kolenk, and we were really it was intense battling every Sunday afternoon. It was really good. Yeah. Um, and from there, you know, there, I think, I'm not sure if Jim Boomer had started by then or not, but. No, um, yeah, know. there was one there. Um, there was also one down at Eagleby we went to a couple of times. That was pretty yeah. good. The other one I thought of that I used to like going to was the one at Ipswich yeah. near the um, Tendin Bowling yeah. thing. So the, the Queensland, Queensland Championships were hosted there at Ipswich in 1989, I think. Did you guys run in that event? I, I didn't. No, I didn't do that one. Um, but yeah, I just have some good memories going back there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, racing at night time there. It was a good little track. I think I had the Ultima when we were racing there. Yeah. That's where we first met Barry Paddock up there. We'll definitely come <laughs> back to that uh, a little bit yeah. later on. Um, so, 
so where does it where at, at what point do, for you guys does it become a serious kind of a thing and you start to go all right we're going to go chasing championships if you like and you know kind of go uh on the circuit so to speak um do you remember your first you know kind of state title or, or that big event um, um i think i did uh like probably one year competitive in stock probably with the low c no oh. I can't remember what car I had, but yeah, probably one year competitive in stock. Um, and there was never really a time where I thought, this is it, I'm going to make something of this. It just sort of happened. Yeah. Um, from that one year racing in stock, then moved to modified and it all just sort of kept going from there. Probably that was probably about, I don't know, 91, I suppose. Yeah. And then after that, you know, I started to get a bit more serious about it. Yeah. Mm. Who were the people that you were... I mean, you've talked about Shane Strachan and Al Colink. Um, who were the other people around uh, at that time as he started to move into modified? Uh, oh, like well, Chris was, White um, still around? Peter Chris Scott? White, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I see Chris White from time to time out on bike trails too. He still gets yeah. around. Yeah. Michael um, Keane yeah, would have been around. Yes, Michael Keane. Um, yourself, Scott Guyot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that was yeah, probably... Yeah, went all right. I can remember for now, but yeah, there were some pretty good guys. You know, it was a bit of a step up to go into modified in those days. Yeah, yeah. So '92, you know, a bunch of us trooped off down to the New South Wales Championships at uh, Newcastle on the side of the velodrome in the wind and the rain and the freezing cold. Yeah, that was yeah, caught the bus down. Is that your first trip for the both of you? <laughs> No, I didn't go to that one. Oh, you weren't at that one, Steve. So, Darren, that no, was your first trip? Yeah, that was the first trip in the state. I actually went with Barry down there in the car. That was an experience. But um, <laughs> then, and we, <laughs> and then um, there was myself, Chris Lander and Murray Dowsett. We caught the bus back. Hmm. So you wouldn't find too many of the young blokes doing that these days, catching the bus back. 12 hours, Probably. whatever it was from it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was a bit of fun. Um, yeah, I think the, some of the boys even camped in the site. They used to got the site sheds there and even yeah, camped yeah. there. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah, we, we, I went there with the RC10, I think, and um, I think I borrowed a Kyosho laser or something, raised mm. that down there. And yeah, that was a good experience. All these guys that you see in the magazines and that, mm. oh, yeah, suddenly in the A main against them all, you were there in the A main too. And, um yeah it was great <laughs> did that did that time. experience of getting to that you know that first interstate race meeting did that really whet your appetite for you know i want to do some more of this on a you know want to yeah yeah definitely you sort of think oh i can sort of you, i wasn't beating them but at the same time i wasn't that far off and i was like yeah. oh, well, maybe i you know can, if i try a little bit harder you know practice a bit more you might be able to get up there yeah Hmm. What did practice look like for you guys in those days? I mean, was it just club racing? Did you actually go practicing, you know, in between no, race we, meetings? We, no, we used to practice in between. Um, we'd often just sort of like practice together, like you were just racing all the time. <laughs> it's just, you're, you're battery ready yet? No, yeah, no, it's not, you're not ready yet. So you wait till you're ready. And as soon as you're ready, you're out and into it, and you're battling each other for the whole practice run. <laughs> So we might, we'll come back a little bit to, you know, what it's meant to the two of you to race together. But I'm interested, you know, right, like right from the get-go on, you know, how much of a, I, don't, I think advantage is the word I'm looking for. Do you think it was that you pushed each other that, you know, and you had that opportunity to just go practice together? And Steve, do you, you know, does that 
did you kind of recognize that as a really good way to build your skills? And I think uh, we've talked about it often. A thing that really helped us in the early days was uh, when the Hawthorne track was running. And, of course, it was a um, multi-layout. So we had a different layout every race meeting, every club day. And so you had to adapt. Well, we're racing each other and, and yourself and, and, you know, all the fast guys at the time modified. Um, and so it was a different track every weekend. You didn't just race on one track for six months. And so it you had to be, and I think that even to this day a little bit, I still think uh, that helps us, uh, you know, when you go away to a, to a race meeting somewhere and um, it's, well, the reflexes are a little slower these days, but you can adapt, you know, we can still sort of adapt a little bit quicker to different tracks. And I think that was, and and racing against each other, I think that, um, yeah, it, it made a big, it was a big, uh, you know, thing for both of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we come to 1993, you're both of you for the first time getting to a national championship event. Neither of you went to Perth in 92, did you, I don't think? Mm-hmm. No. So 93, Illawarra, first time yep. national titles. Steve, we'll come to we'll come mm-hmm. to truck in a minute. Just hold your horses. <laughs> <laughs> um, Darren, you you popped up at your first national, and I think you were second in four wheel drive. Is that right? Um, yeah, at yeah. Illawarra, and that's a class that you you really didn't put a lot of time into in those days. I mean, you you no, two wheel no. drive specialist, I guess. Um, yeah, did yeah. that did that. Uh, did that result surprise you or was it were you pretty comfortable in the company that was running? That was a big event, biggest RC event in yeah. Australian history. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised maybe a little bit, but at the same time I knew the car was really good and I just thought if I can get it around the track all right, um, you know, I'm in the shot something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, qualified really well, I think, second. And... Um, yeah, just kept it up the front and kept it going. You know, <laughs> those things yeah. I was barely able to make five minutes in those days. And um, I think I did have one DNF in the finals, but um, yeah, managed to get, I think, second in the other two. And yeah, yeah. And you're, was, running, um, you're running a Yokomo in four wheel drive? Yokomo um, probably works 93, I suppose. Yeah. 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 And car. I think in that, uh, in that class, David Crow, David Crow, you know, really yeah. at the peak of his abilities. In that sort of 91, 92, 93 period, uh, and the lasers yeah. XR took the win. Gavin Reynolds from WA behind you mm. on the podium. Um, he'd been the champion yeah. in 92. Is this star studded field that event? I was, it was yeah. impressive. Yeah, a two wheel drive, uh, I mean, I mean, went reasonably well as well uh, for you, Darren. Yeah, uh, I think I ended up qualifying 10th and Ooh, um, just, just in. in. Yeah, yeah. and um, I think I remember getting something like sixth and a seventh and a sixth. And I thought, oh, that should get me about six or something. When I looked at the results, it was tenth. Because <laughs> when, <you, laughs> when you put everybody else's comments together, oh, okay, well, I suppose I'm tenth will do. But, um, yeah, it was still good to make the final. Yeah. And good yeah. racing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Steve, how was the event for you? Like, you know, two, did you run four-wheel drive as well or just two-wheel and truck? Um, I... Well, I never used to really run four-wheel drive much yeah. because um, back then it was a bit of they were a bit of a mechanical nightmare to keep running. Me, 
And it's really strange now because running a nitro, it's all mechanical, and I love it. You know, oh, that's half of the fun is is the mechanical side of it for me. Um, but I I was trying to think today if I even ran four wheel drive, and I I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember whether I even run it or not. Um, and I remember two wheel drive. Okay, well, Doug, it was a, it was a it was such an epic journey. We we I'll go right back to the start. We went we went drove down in my Mitsubishi L three hundred. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Darren's laughing. I can hear him already. He knows what I'm going to say. It was my and Greg Polosowski was in the back on a deck chair. <laughs> so hang on a minute. Brisbane yep. to Illawarra on a deck chair yep. in the back of your van. On a deck chair. Not, yes. not restrained in any way whatsoever. <laughs> no restraints. Wow. I think about it now and thinking, what the hell? What were we thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the statute of limitations is passed and there are no police officers listening to this going, right, we're coming to get you, Mr. Perry. We made it down to the Santa Labs place. Greg fell out of a car. And so we went to practice. We did. The two-wheel driver, just remember, was because of the rain. The rain came down and, of course, they had the sawdust on the track. And I was, we were running, well, I was running the RC10, I think it was a raffle at the time, and it just was not the car. The car for that track, I think, was the Losi Pro SE, I think it was, was the latest car with the hydro drive. Mm. Um, it just seemed to work on that track. Um, and the RC10, being a graphite, it was just too rigid and it was just terrible. I've just driven 16 hours to, to drive a bucket of crap, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, anyway, all the, all the all the tires we had were no good. We got through us, yeah. and it rained, and yeah. we had to go around a frantic thing to try and get the different sort of frewers. And mm. so, yeah. two wheel drive was less than enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, you could say. Yeah. So anyway, truck day came, and I knew. Okay, with my I used the LXT, and there was something with that with that truck. I don't know what it was. It I don't know whether the chassis was tweaked, but in a good way, or whether there was that much work <laughs> in it that it just fixed up all of my problems. I don't know, but it just worked. It just worked from the time I put it on the track, and it changed nothing. I think it was just thirty weight red pistons and red springs all round. I think it was, which was oh, no, I don't even know if I had any different springs or pistons, and so. I was just, and I knew that it was good from running up here. I knew that it it, it always it always just worked, you know. It had that. And it all, was it, like that. That car wasn't it? That truck. That was. Yeah, that was yeah. a truck that you could take anywhere, put on any track, yeah. and it was a really yeah. solid, always it raceable, worked, yeah. always just, close to the money. Yeah. Yeah, it just changed tyres, sort of thing to suit. And I think I started off, and of course, being the track they had all the sawdust and stuff on it, it was like it was like a motocross track, and we thought, well. I'm in my element here, you know. Um, the little, the surf's up section, the Lothies just loved that. In two-wheel drive and in trucks, they just floated through there. So I thought, well, I'll put it, I'll put it down. I think I had step pins on the rear uh, from memory because it was just sort of a chunky track condition. And I'm going around in the first qualifier, and I just remember thinking it. You know when you when your car's just working so good and you're actually not even nervous 
possible. I was a little bit nervous, but not as you know nervous as your cars on the edge. And I thought, well, I'm going pretty good here. And I, what's his, Dave Smith? It's the first time we were at a meeting with Dave Smith, commentating. And um, it just adds so much more, you know, as, as you know, Scotty, the voice of Brisbane RP here. Um, it adds so much to an event when we've got a commentator, you know, going off. And so I did the first qualifier and I ended up TQ on the first, for the first, and Rocket Round. Rocket Round, I've never really been a fan of the Rocket Round qualifying. We've all been hurt by it, you know. You, like I said, you travel 16 hours and you're a quarter of a second out of the A final and you can't, you, there's no bump ups. You've just, you've driven all that way and you're, it's heartbreaking. We've all, we've all been there. Um, but it can help you as well, you know. Um, it can work in your favour as well. So, yeah, I, think the second round I don't think much change in the positions and then third round everybody's starting to get faster and I just had to go a little bit faster and I think I went slightly faster than my first round time I think it was so it comes to the final um I thought well I I don't know I, I was just pleased that I was in the final to start with uh the car was working great and I think I ended up trying. I had some in my box. I think I had some Proline uh, mini pins. I don't even remember the number, maybe 80, 90 or something rather. Yeah, that sounds about right. That. Yeah. yeah. And I put them on and the first final I got a fourth, I think it was. I think you might have been third, Scott, yourself. Uh, you're pushing my memory, mate. Yeah. Anyway, um, because Campbell was in the race, uh, Rick yeah. Bartolozzi, you know, these are all the fellas that we've you know, mm. read about in racing lines and, mm. you know, all the all the publications of the day. Not that there was that many. <laughs> and um, second race, and off the line, I just got T-boned and broke my car, the truck. That was it. it was, I was out. I didn't even make my lap. And um, so I've had a fourth and a tenth, and I thought, well, the last run, I've got nothing to lose. If Even if I win it, I've got a, maybe a slight chance of a podium. Hmm. And so I've just taken off and just tried to put everything, you know, out, out of your, all the distractions. Got a clean start. I thought, well, I've got it. If I win it, I've got a chance of maybe getting a podium, um, which I would have been extremely happy with. And went on and won that one. And then, of course, there was all the, um, the big protest thing because it was all happening behind us. Uh, I'm not exactly sure because obviously I was driving. There was protests and things happening with Rick and uh, Greg Brooks, maybe. I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, I got the win, and we were, and then Barry comes out. And he says, "I think you've won it, mate." And I said, oh, "I don't think so. I'm, I don't. I don't think that's right." And then, of course, you and I, Scott, we were tied on five points. <laughs> and sorry, mate, but it went back to qualifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So I think, uh, you know, for me, it's interesting to think about the truck class at that event from a few perspectives. Mm -hmm. One is that at, to that time, that was, I think, I think I'm right in saying the biggest single class in a national championship mm -hmm. event in Australia. There was 90-something trucks in that 
in that yep. event that yep. day. It was the first national titles for trucks as a class that had just emerged sort yeah. of late, late 91 and into 92. So it was a developing class. Uh, you know, the class, the truck class ran on the third day of the event. So yep. modified guys and stock guys and girls could, you know, all meet up in trucks. So it was a, it was a huge yep. entry. First time yep. trucks had yep. run at a national title and it, yep. you know, it, I mean, it was, it was, it was certainly some day and the, you know, as you've said, the mm. results were so mixed up uh, through that final yeah. series and, you know, you did, did the business and did what you needed to do to bring it home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm still, you know, pretty proud of that. Um, yeah. For everything uh, that happened down there. And, and of course we still had the drive back, which Greg wasn't looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not many people know this, but a week later he's suffering from severe internal <laughs> pain. He was rushed to hospital and the appendix would come out. <laughs> he had to have the appendix removed. And <laughs> I said to him afterwards, that wouldn't have been from spending a good part of about 30 hours in the back of my van, would it? And he says, well, the surgeon didn't seem to think so, but oh, we all put it down to yeah. that fact. That <laughs> you never know. Yeah. But it was a hell of an event, the 93 Nats. Yeah. Nuts. Uh, yeah. And that first, that first big road trip, you know, obviously very memorable uh, for you and, and Darren, you'd been away a couple of times. Um, yeah. So, uh, Darren, give me, give me a couple of other kind of highlight events from the years that followed for you. You know, that you were regular at the national titles. You podiumed a few times. Mm-hmm. I think it wasn't yeah. until 2001 that you won the nationals. Um, but, you know, yeah. what are some of the, you know, as you look back over that period, that mid mid to late 90s, what are the race meetings that stand out? Probably um, one that I really remember is the 1994 New South Wales titles at um, Central Coast. Yeah, that was a great race. Um, yeah, I, I managed to TQ that and won all three finals. It's pretty good. It was probably my best day ever yeah. that day. So that, was, that was your first big win away from home, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I oh, spe- it was funny because... Yeah, it's funny because um, I actually had an RC10 that I was practicing with. I just bought. I thought I'm going to run this RC10 down here, and I did all the practice with it, and it was okay, but not that great. And I had my Lacy there, the double X, and I thought the last practice run of the day, it was getting dark, just about. I'm going to try this Lacy. Had to swap all my electrics out because I only had one set of electrics. Swapped them over, put the Lacy out, and it was like a second a lap faster. It was yeah. so much better. Thought this is it. I had to go to heavy hobbies and get a whole hoot new <laughs> lot of gears for it and everything. I was working on it that night, and yeah, it was my best day ever, I think. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, then another one was the nationals in Canberra in '97. I managed to get the truck titles there. That That's right, you did. Yeah. Bit of a battle with Chris Artell, yeah. I think he had a bit of a blowout towards the end, and I got it. From him but yeah that was that was two that sort of stand out to me lots of sort of local events in that plenty of yeah. queensland titles are good but yeah those yeah. two really stand out yeah. to me but the other thing too and that was um in the third final uh i don't know who it was that crashed but chris lander was standing right on the side of the track because i sort of ran into the crashed cars and chris just launched himself out on the track to try and marshall and fell over and stopped half the field, and I managed to get going again. And so there was people protesting, oh, he blocked the field, and he wasn't a marshal. And he was anyway. It all flew, it all flew over, and um, yeah, managed to get it. 
So there's a couple of things we've picked up. Um, I just want to kind of back up a, a, a second and pick up a couple of other points along the way. Firstly, um, Steve, I think you mentioned that you stayed with the Santa Labs and that's the first time in this um, podcast series that we've run into the Santa Lab name and just worth um, kind of noting um, Michael, you know, picked up a couple of national championships in stock and, you know, Brendan, uh, little brother, you know, phenomenal, uh, great family, but also phenomenally fast um, pair of young riders, uh, drivers. So it's worth just uh, kind of, you know, marking, um, making note of that on the way through. Um, yeah. But also that that you uh, mentioned there, we've mentioned there a couple of times, uh, Ozcharge, and you're, um, mm-hmm. you, know, you guys got into what ended up being quite a long relationship um, with Ozcharge, the brand. Um, how did yeah. that come about? What was Ozcharge kind of like at, at that time? And, you know, how, what, what was the relationship like? And, you know, Darren, what, yep. what do you recall of that, you know, the beginning of that? Um, I, we first met Barry at that track at Ipswich that we were talking about earlier. Um, we had the, we were running stock and we had the Johnson motors, I think, and we couldn't get them to work. We were getting glitches and we were carrying on. And um, Barry, said, Barry comes over. We didn't know who this bloke was at the time. This, this bloody, bloody loud voice. Who's this bloody loud bloke? Anyway, um, he looked at the motor and straight away. He said, you haven't got capacitors on your motor. I said, what are you talking about? And anyway, he <laughs> showed us and he might have even put them on for us and straight away, these things were flying. And, um, you know, just sort of knew him from being at the track, you know, for the next little while. And he he approached us and said, would you like to, he was he was just starting up Oz Charge and wanted, you know, would we like to drive for him and, and use the batteries? And he didn't have motors at the time, but it was mainly batteries at the start. Yeah. And that went from there for to accessories, you know, gears and shock oil and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and ended up lasting for years. Mm. It's probably worth, you know, just mentioning there for anyone that's kind of tuning in that's not been around the sport for kind of all that long that, you know, in those days, the battery technology was, I don't know what we're up to then. I think we're still nickel cadmium or maybe nickel metal hydride. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. They were very okay. temperamental cells and, you know, each yeah. individual cell in a six cell battery pack had to be carefully matched. Um, yeah. You know, and so there was a real... You're, you're only ever as good as the worst battery in your yeah. pack. That's right. And there was a real yeah. industry and a real art in matching yeah. those batteries. And so Barry, Putty and Ozcharge were one of, you know, probably a few companies around Australia that got into battery. Yeah. yeah. So how long um, how long did that relationship with Ozcharge last for you guys? That that kicked on for quite a few oh, years, didn't it? Yeah, many years. Yeah, yeah, right through to, oh, I don't know the date, but yeah, at least probably 10 years, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So, Steve, you took that win in Illawarra 1993 in the Truck Nationals. Obviously, that, that would rank as a highlight. What Talk to me about a couple of other race meetings for you, you know, over that period that, that maybe stand out yep. for being a good track or a good fun time or good results yeah. or whatever it might have been. Um, oh, well, there's a lot. Well, obviously, uh, 94 at Keelaw for the trucks, I went uh, one trucks again. Hmm. And I was going for the three in Jim Boomba. I was watching the video that the third final's not on, I don't think, um, that Ray Monday posted. Um, and I can remember it was down to the last April was usually on. And um, I remember hitting a pipe, hitting that infield pipe, and I saw the pipe on the video. And um, 
bicycled for about two metres and if it had to land on its wheels, I possibly would have won it, who knows, but I went on my roof and that was the end. I got third in one thing. It would have been three in a row, which would have been, I don't think that's ever been done, done in the same class before. Well, not until then, anyway. But not until then, yeah. Not until that, then, yeah. That anyway. we, of course, went to Simon Badizi. He's, yeah. you know, became national champion that weekend. It was a fantastic yeah. result. Uh, Chris Hartel yeah. finished up well up yeah. as well. So, yeah, yeah. some big truck no. names in that event. Yeah, mm. uh, that was a good race meeting. The other race meeting that I really used to like, and it was once a year, was the Queensland, New South Wales State of Origin uh, race. And we'd have the top, I think with four in each class, wasn't it? From here and from New South Wales, was it four? Yeah, something like so that. So four, four would have been eight, yeah. Uh, Two-wheel drive mod stock, four-wheel drive and trucks, and we'd all go, we'd meet at the halfway point, which was Tamworth, it was an RC track Tamworth. And it was just heads up racing, no qualifying, and it was just, oh, I loved it. I loved that yeah. weekend away. Um, we all stayed at the Tamworth Towers, I think it was. The mighty Tamworth Towers. <laughs> I, I fancy there's a few motels around Australia that have, you know, that have a bit of a history of hosting all of the races, you know, from a, some yeah. race meeting. That I bet there's some stories yeah. that hallways and car parks can tell. Uh, and okay. motel <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that um, that interstate challenge was was fantastic, and of course, it grew out of a, a New South Wales Victoria. Similar event that mm. they've been running for a few years mm. earlier, but definitely good times uh, to go. Yeah, no, it, was, it was always fun because there was yeah. no pressure of qualifying, mm. and it was it was just on the Sunday, I think, wasn't it? For memory, so you'd practice on the Saturday. Yeah. So it was just a good, fun away weekend, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, couldn't couldn't get any better. Yeah. Great fun. So let's let's chat a little bit about people. We've kind of named a few people, you know, who who were kind of contemporaries of yours or who were significant people like Barry Putty or the Santa Labs? You know, are there other people that you would say, you know, motivated you because you really wanted to beat them or, you know, inspired you or influenced um, your racing over the time? Maybe, you know, Steve, jump in first and then does anyone that comes to mind for you? Um, Well, I just wanted to mention, actually, Noel Levisa. We, We had a connection with him. Darren used to work for him, I think, for a little while. Okay. The guy from Purge Speed Controllers yeah. that went on to be Tekken, yeah. Tekken 14 Cut or something, I think it was. Yeah. It was always fun going out to his place because he had no idea what we were talking about and we had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> Talk about a class of different worlds. He was always circuit boards and capacitors and this and that. And we're talking Andy Scott and springs and shocks. But somehow, we, we, both, we all had a common goal here you know and that was to make the car faster and it was just hilarious um i used to love going out there to his place he wasn't a racer at all he couldn't drive to save his life but he was just he was a mad scientist he was crazy probably the coolest thing i saw from him was a a traction control system it wasn't the speed controller Mm -hmm. it was a traction control system that um was set up on a rc10 or something and it ran off a probe that was on the front wheel had wires going in across the chassis to a mm. like a sort of small speed controller like thing, and then it had two wires going into the back tires, and <laughs> it ran. It, it somehow sensed how fast the front tire was going, and it would you know uh, yeah. like only let so much go through to the back tires. Mm. So yeah, yeah, like a traction control. He said he oh, had it running. Really? I never saw it run, but he said he had it running on a polished floor with no tires on it at all, and he could drive it around. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would believe it. He was a man. Yeah. But uh, absolute electronic genius, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, that was just one of the many characters. But as far as races, I mean, you've got a lot of guys. Um, it's funny because in later uh, down the track, I've, I've been lucky enough to go over to the States racing nitro, not so much electric now, but nitro. And uh, you running against guys that we used to just read about, you know, Darren and Morgan Mark Pavitas, and they're just the nicest of guys, you know. Um, and to be running racing against them, Richard Sachs and, and those guys, it was it was almost a bit of a surreal experience. So I've always looked up to those guys, and to be standing on the driver's stand, you know, waiting to hit the track with them standing either side of me was a yeah. surreal experience. Yeah. Um, so I've always really looked up to the, the US guys. And it's funny because we've always thought that, I guess, I'll leave that question until a bit later. One of the regrets that I've had is just that we didn't, um, that we haven't travelled over there earlier yeah. to the state, yeah. you know. But anyway, I'll leave that. That's another yeah, yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, you know, before you jump in, Darren, just worth... It, it is just worth noting Noel Lavisa and the Purge Project, you know, as a really mm. significant development in Australia in that in that mid '90s period, and you know, built built um, speed controls that seemed to be ahead of anything in the world at that time in terms of the, mm. the features, yeah. the performance. Yeah. You know, they won a, a host of races, and then, as you mentioned, Steve Noel went off to work for Tekken in in a partnership that ended up producing the, the 410K, which was, you know, quite a famous speed control of the late 90s mm-hmm. period. So, you know, definitely worth uh, noting mm-hmm. Noel and his influence um, on on the RC scene in the end globally, um, you know, from those humble beginnings in Brisbane. Uh, mm-hmm. Darren, other, other thoughts for you, other particular people that, um, you know, that are sort of have been significant along the way for you? Um, well, one person that I thought of who was really good when we first come onto the scene was Craig Mazik. I thought he was really good. Um, Darren Campbell, of course, was always good. Uh, you know, all those guys. Um, even through people like Chris Hartel, he was amazing. He was such a nice guy, though, <laughs> but he was such yeah. a good driver. Yeah. Matt Griffin, oh, he's probably the fiercest better I've come against. You know, yeah. he'd, he'd yeah. do anything to win. Yeah. Um, amazing driver. Um, yeah, that's just a few that I can think of. I, I, saw, I saw a good quote from um, Mario Andretti the other day. He said of the era when he was racing, he said, I've raced everyone, like all the best guys. And I, I thought about that and I thought, well, since I've been racing in the best, from about 1991 or two to now, I've raced everyone. Like, yeah. <laughs> like everyone who's any good, I've raced. And, and it's quite a privilege, really, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah great. Yeah. You've also mm. raced each other, so let's let's go there for a moment. We talked earlier about practicing, but you've also been, you know, quite often, in particularly through that period, very close together on the racetrack. And you know, like if it wasn't one of you taking the win, it might be the other one. Um, you know, what were there were there any you know quiet, tense trips home in the car after you know somebody overstepped yeah. the mark or what was that you know what was the relationship like between the two of you on the track um you know as competitors but as brothers uh darren what's your recollection oh, yeah there was often not quiet trips home often <laughs> an argument on the way home <laughs> yeah no yeah we, you know 
we're brothers, but at the same time, we're racing each other. And the only yeah. person, if I didn't beat anybody else, the only other person I wanted to beat was Stephen. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was it was on. But, you know, at the same time, he's my brother, so I'm not going to kill him. But, what, um, yeah. what, what, Darren, what do you, you know, what did you admire about Steve's kind of approach to, to racing? Like, what, what, what would you have identified as his strengths? He always tried everything. And um, even now, to this day, I'll get a text at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night. Oh, I should have used 30 weight in the front. I would have been here. <laughs> is he, he still talking about, about is he still talking about trucks at Jimboomba or is he talking about? Oh, no, no, he's gone okay. now. Like, yeah. that's all gone. Like, it's yeah. now. You know, it's always, yeah. I, I should have used these tyres. If I had done this compound, I would have been, oh, you know, like, yeah. he never stops. He never stops. <laughs> I, I think, think that's a, one of his things. A word I've picked up from the mountain bike World Cup scene, uh, they talk about puzzling over suspension setup, and it, that seems oh, yeah, like a good descriptor for Steve. Like he, yeah, he's really yeah. puzzled about things. Steve, puzzled. What, Steve, what would you say about Darren? You know, what, how would you analyse Darren's strengths? I would. I'll just say, if it wasn't for Darren, I would have had a lot more Queensland titles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think there's two of us in this conversation that might claim that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, I, I got one up on him out at Jim Boomer, a Queensland title, was the Pro SE. I used to love the Pro SE. Mm. I was just thinking about it uh, the, today, actually. Um, and it was almost one of the highlights for me because I we, we it was a grudge match the whole race yeah. and I got him, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, as, yeah, all the Queensland trophies were all around. Mind you, mine were always the second place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk to me about cars for a sec, Steve. So you, you mentioned the Pro SE there, and I do recall that you know you really gelled with that car, and you talked about the LXT earlier. Are there are there other cars? You know, is there a particular car for you that stands out as you know something that was really special? Um, uh, well, you really loved. Uh, yeah, I, I've. I can't go past the old LXT that I had. Yeah. I only ever had one of them and it won me two national titles, you know, in a row. Because I switched to double XT for the 95 Nats and got third, didn't I? So I should have, maybe I should have stayed with the LXT for that one. I don't maybe know. Maybe you should have. Um, there was the LXT and I also liked the double X as well. Um, oh, the Pro SE, obviously, and the double X, I think, were possibly my three favourite cars. Yeah. RC10s, I like the RC10s, but I always ended up going back to Losey, and as we always say, if you cut me, I'd probably still bleed Losey now, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that would be probably the three cars that I yeah. really like over the time. Yeah, for you, Darren, cars that, uh, you know, that really captured yeah, you? Yeah, there's, there's three um the double x was just i loved it yeah. the double x came off was just awesome you could take it anywhere and it worked yeah um i loved the triple x the bk2 triple x that was good mm. uh, and the other one that i liked was the the eight the 2.0 that was another car that you could just take anywhere and it worked every time <laughs> yeah so that's getting into kind of nitro territory isn't it so yeah I mean, you ran, You both were known, you know, through that the kind of period that we're covering really in this podcast through the 80s and, or the late 80s into 90s, you know, you both were 
predominantly yeah. electric drivers. Well, I think you know, doubled a little bit in on-road. I, I recall some Tuesday yeah. night world championships in Formula One, you know, yeah. railway station <laughs> car park and those yeah. sorts of yeah. things. Where did, the, where did the shift to Nitro come for both of you? And was it just a, you know, being drawn to the competitive fields that have emerged in that category over the last 10 years or was it something else? Uh-huh. Everything was starting to sort of go that way. To the, the nitro class was starting to take off, hmm. and I'd never really thought about doing it before. But then, the, the when the eight came out, I thought, oh, you know, it was the only one of the whole lot of them that sort of appealed to me. Hmm. I liked the look of it, so I got one and had no idea what I was doing with the engine. I got a few people to help me with the engine, and. Yeah, I loved it. It, it was um, a whole new world of <laughs> learning how mm. to tune engines and race for 30 minutes, you know, rather than five. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve, you, you made that move around the same time to, to uh, explore Nitro? Yeah. Darren, Darren had his, his uh, eight, the original eight, I think it was, wasn't it 2.0, it was just the original. He used to run it up original. at the... Yeah, the original yeah, eight. Yeah, run it up at the top car park track at Arana Hills there. Mm. And I yeah. think I had a go of it um, uh, one stage there. And because the power delivery coming from electric all the time, mm. the power delivery was really weird. And I thought, oh, I don't know about this. It's a bit strange. But then I think I went to, uh, was it the Maribara Nats with you? I was slept in the back of my car. And the back really hasn't recovered from that sleep, actually. <laughs> um, and I think I was pitting for you. And it was just the best thing I'd seen, you know, the whole nationals thing, although you went pretty, was it? Yeah, no, that was Rocky. That was Rocky where you, um, engine was, you left oh, in yeah. a half. That's the Queensland yeah. yeah, left in a half. Anyway, yeah, um, and I just, and the longer races, I, I enjoy the longer races with the Nitro as well and, of course, the whole mechanical side of it. And it's, it's a different, the different style of racing totally. Yeah. Um, and I think with electric, it's really, cutthroat it's fast it's all over in five minutes and mm. uh, obviously nitro you know 45 minute mains 30 minute mains and whatnot like that and you can sort of you don't have to be as technically a brilliant fast on the edge driver because you can't do that for 30 45 minutes you know so you can sort of get into a rhythm and it's the mechanical you've got a you've got a preparation you know i, I, I love all that side of it now um so yeah that's how it's kind of evolved Hmm. Uh, for me. Yeah. You guys both, you know, you've now been racing um, fairly competitively and fairly steadily from, look, if my maths is correct, you know, we're up around the 30-year sort of mark or a little mm-hmm. over the 30-year mark. What is it that, you know, what is it that you still love about RC racing, Steve? What is it that gets you out of bed on a Sunday morning to get down to the track to, you know, run through that long list of tyres that you want to try or shock oil or... <laughs> Yeah. What, is, well, what, do you, what does Steve Perry still love about RC? Well, I can just start by saying I don't leap out of bed on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it's more of a, oh, geez, you know, get up and go through the routine. But honestly, it's, uh, look, it's, it's great fun. It's, a, it's just, it's part of my life now. I don't think I'll ever stop doing it as, as much as everyone says, oh, I'll retire. I'll stop for a while. You're always, you come back to it eventually. It's just, it's too much fun for me not to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the competitive side of it, there's a lot of young guys now. It's almost a new era coming through in yeah. Brisbane here. Um, yeah. I mean, we've been lucky enough to the Kyle McBride era. Um, 
we've been we've we've seen the whole thing yeah. right from the get go. Yeah, really you proud of that, you know, yeah. sort of played a part in it. So, you know, almost, um, and it just those sort of things just keep keep me going, you know. Um, yeah. For you, Darren, what's what is it that is it the same kind of things? The things that you yeah, same kind of thing. I mean, it's it's like my hobby, you know, that yeah. and and riding mountain bikes. That's about all I know how to do. <laughs> so I just keep doing it. No, I still enjoy it. Yeah, no, I love it. Although sometimes I have to admit, you know, I might have something I want to try. I'll go out to the track, I'll try it, and then and I'm ready to go home. You know, sometimes I don't feel like staying there all day, but anyway, <laughs> it's a long day. I can mm. tell you that having chased the pair of you all over racetracks right through the 90s, um, it does frustrate me to go mountain biking and still be chasing you now. But, uh, <laughs> such is life. Let me, um, let, let's wrap up uh, with a question that I'm asking everybody. Um, you can choose any race car from your time. Um, you know, maybe it's your favourite. Uh, maybe it's the one that you just were fast with and you can put it on any racetrack from any event uh, anywhere over that period of time. What's your happy place? What's your race car of choice and your race track of choice? Uh, Steve Perry, what's your happy place? Yeah, that's easy for me. 1993 Illawarra, Rain, uh, Team Losey, LXT. Yeah. That's it. So that, yeah. that actual truck that you raced on, that actual track yeah. is, uh, yeah, that's good. And for you, Yeah, Darren, it was just one of those moments that, you know, yeah. it only comes along probably once, you know, where everything yeah. just works right. Yeah. For you, Darren, favorite, you know, what's the car? What's the track? Uh, oh, the double X Kingwald, probably at um, Hawthorne, I'd say. Or yeah. <laughs> well, the, the old Arana Hills track. Oh, the old Arana Hills track. The one down the back the, of the, the sports club. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is harking back a ways. If you showed up with a double yeah. X at that racetrack in 1989, there would have been some. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> would have been like time traveling. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for the chat. I think if there's one thing we've learned uh, this in this conversation, it's never do a road trip with Steve Perry. Uh, no. <laughs> or an international trip. Or an international trip. So thank you guys so much uh, for the time, for the memories, for the stories, uh, and for the inspiration that you have been and, and continue to be uh, in your racing. Thanks, gents. No worries. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. No problem at all.